everyone, welcome to the Stewardship of You. I'm your host, Greg Darley. Our goal is to help busy leaders get healthy. Here's what we believe. You can't be successful in all you've been called to do unless you're the best version of yourself. And the best version of yourself has got to be the healthiest version of yourself. And so we're always looking at what we call the four pillars of personal health, our physical, our mental, emotional, and spiritual. And we give you practical ways that you can get healthier. So we have two formats here. One is I interview different leaders, experts, so you can hear their story, their example, their ideas, and learn from them. And then second, I'll share a quick lesson on one of the four pillars of personal health so that you can implement something immediately. Now, these typically last only 10 to 15 minutes because, hey, I know you're a busy leader. So today's episode, I do have a special guest, Jeff Lopes. Jeff is an entrepreneur who's doing incredible work up in good old Toronto, Canada. He's the founder of KimuraWare one of the most successful boxing equipment companies. They've sold over a quarter of a million pairs of gloves. And among other things, uh, he's into real estate investing. But right now, his big focus is really is on giving back to the entrepreneur community, uh, especially focused on dad entrepreneurs. And so he's got a heart to really help those that are, you know, leading a company also do good at that and be good at being a dad. And so it was a really fun conversation. I think you're really going to enjoy it. And so here we go. Here's our conversation with Jeff. Well, hey, Jeff, welcome to the show, man. Glad you could join us. I appreciate you having me on, Greg. This is going to be a fun conversation today. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. And so, man, I'd love for you to give our listeners just really a flyby. Uh, who is Jeff and what's he been about for the last 20 years? I mean, I know we've, uh, I've heard a lot of your story, but for our listeners' sake, so they can kind of frame this conversation around, you know, health and energy and, and entrepreneuring and all that. So give us that flyby. A little flyby. I'm born and raised in Toronto, Canada. So I'm Canadian here and uh, been married for 18, almost 18 years. Got two amazing, super active kids, a 12-year-old son and a 14-year-old daughter that's navigating through high school. So that's an interesting uh, little churn the last year with everything going on. I've been an entrepreneur for 25 plus years. Uh, I've, I, I love building things. I build and exit, build and exit. And in 2006, I thought I was building another company to exit. Fast forward to 15 years, I still got that company called Camorware. Camorware, where we manufacture and design boxing martial art equipment. And then I have a company called True Blue Homes, where we have a portfolio of vacation and commercial rentals. And then I have a podcast, author, coach. Like, there's a lot of layers to me, but all all positive, all about giving back to the world and. Health-wise, I mean, I mean, I know that's a big component of your show. Health is obviously top of my top of my pinnacle. I always make sure mentally, physically, spiritually, I take care of myself before I'm able to take care of anything else and serve everybody around me that I love at my fullest. Well, then that's a great place to start. So, uh, I mean, I love you know these conversations when they get really kind of tactical, right? Really nitty gritty. And yeah. some people are like, "Do you really want to hear about my morning routine?" Absolutely, yes. Let's talk about that. So, um, so a big component of what we talk about here is physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health. And so, let's talk there because yeah. uh, I love what you're saying. Hey, you know, uh, to, to lead others and to lead your family, even you got to lead yourself. So, let's talk about man your your journey of of health and realizing that. Uh, I know it's been a big part of your world for for a while. So 
where did that kind of start? What was the real, was a real realization moment of like, crap, I got to stay healthy or has it been an ongoing thing or what's, what's, I, what do you I, say there? I mean, I, I've always been some, I've always, I mean, growing up, I played sports competitively at a, at a decently high level and I was a baseball player coming from Canada, which is kind of rare. And uh, when I turned 16, I, I just fell in love with weights. I was six, I spurted it in one summer. I was, I, I, I went to six foot two over, feels like overnight in one summer from like five, five, 10 to like six foot two. Came back that year, lost a bunch of weight, and I was at six foot two, going to grade 10, 135 pounds skinny 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 and i was like i gotta start hitting weights and i just fell in love with weights i did i started weight training at 16. i stepped on stage my first time at 18. i did a couple of bodybuilding shows i was into all that back then the, to be honest the unhealthy side of it and um i did that for a little while and um i was already self-employed and i still had a passion for fitness my parents were pushing college even though i didn't want to go that route i just wanted to be self-employed and i ended up taking a uh, Finnish leadership program through college graduated with that in the meantime i was running a uh, consulting fitness business and had six personal trainers working for me at that time and that's where my my essentially my, my journey of fitness been and it's always been there i mean it changes and modifies over the years now my fitness has changed drastically the last 12 years because um, something that occurred with my son we get into later and he is kind of the last few years has become my workout partner so my 12 year old is Ashley who I work out with four to five times a week and and we take fitness as a family very important and and we do a lot of physical activities as a family bike rides hikes power walks every night so we do a lot of physical stuff as a family so we're always being active my kids both my kids 12 and 14 they work out five to six times a week by themselves. I'll come home and my 12 year old is running on the treadmill. We're like, which 12 year old is doing that, right? And and we've implied that and, and built that into their, almost like their DNA from such a young age that it is part of who they are. And I think it's such a huge part of us as a family. It's just overall eating healthy, being healthy and, and taking care of ourselves as best we possibly could. So what's the, what's the, what was the interaction or the, I guess the intersection there between, you know, that, Again, just being a part of your DNA and, and and leading, but then from a result standpoint, like what's the? Because I mean, you work with a lot of entrepreneurs. I'm in your coaching and yeah. you know in the podcast and those things. I'm sure you see the other side of it, right? You see the other. It's like wow. I mean, I you know, you know, there's there, there there's a yeah. there's a big gap. You know, a lot of times in there, it's like man, that's you know, there, there's a, there's a big component there, a lot of potential that's missing. Yeah. Where, where have you seen that? How's that played out for you? I mean, I, I would say it, would, it was probably around that that twelve year period when my son was born, where we spent a lot of time at the hospital, and. And I was still trying to navigate spending a lot of time with my son, navigating spending a lot of time with my business, spending time with my family, trying to, I was, I was spreading so thin and I realized not taking care of myself. I was just draining myself out. And, and it, it was, it was a realization where having your health at a priority and taking care of yourself at a higher level, it just allowed myself to have more energy for everybody else. And, and there, it was a gap about a year, year and a half where I really pushed away from fitness because I was so busy with my lifestyle. And in that, in that period, I realized I was gaining weight, I was unhealthy, I wasn't feeling great. My energies were there. I would sleep eight, nine hours and I feel like I hadn't slept yet. And it was just an understanding of how your body was reacting. When I started getting back into fitness and taking care of myself and my diet and my nutrition, and my supplements, you, you realize your energy levels. And I think a lot of people, they, they, they they go on this burnout. They just go, 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 go with family, with business, whatever their, their priorities are. 
and they're not focused on taking care of themselves. And all of a sudden it's like the engine, like they're not putting oil in their engine and they're not putting gas in their tank. And all of a sudden they, they burn out. And then I realized once I made fitness and nutrition a priority in my life, I was, even though I was, I'm drained, I'm tired. Don't get me wrong. Like I'm, I'm, there's days that we're, like we all go through those up and down days, but I do realize that in my fitness and my nutrition and my health and taking my vitamins every morning and my morning routine, my night routine, I call it the bookshelf, bookshelf of my day, keep me going throughout the day and keep me at my highest. So I could be able to, like I said, serve everybody around me and my kids and my family as much as possible as well as my business. Well, let's like, go back there. Talk about the, I like that. The, I like that analogy, that picture of the bookshelves of your day. What's the, what's the, what's the morning routine look like? I'm up. So I'm an early morning person. I, and you always hear those entrepreneurs like, oh, I'm up at 430. I'm up. I am up at 430. Not because I love to. There's days I get out of bed. And I'm like, what am I doing? I'm just being honest with you. But I realized that sacrifice of me getting up at 430 allows me to kind of bookshelf my day, start my day in the right mindset, get as much done in the morning as possible. And a guy called a three to seven allows me to be home from three to seven every night. And I want to be home present and on sitting on my dinner table every single night is a huge part of who I am. So dinner time and my family is very, very important for us to have that open communication with our kids. And so I called the three to seven. I tried it. I'm not every day, sometimes a little later, sometimes a little earlier, but I try to be home from three to seven every single day. And then in order to be able to bookshelf that into my day, the lock that in and block it in, I'm up at 4.30. So I get up at 4.30 and my morning routine is the same every day. I literally get up, let my dog out, feed my dog, take my vitamins, make a black coffee. I do about five, 10 minutes. I don't call it meditation. I call it just breathing. I just really just focus on the day past, the good, the bad, the ugly, let it in, let it out, forget about it and kind of kind of get a visualization of what the day ahead is going to look like. And then I do about 10, 15 minutes of just core exercises. I just, just to blood, get my blood flowing. I'll do some sit-ups. I'll do some flying, something for five, 10 minutes. And then I literally grab my coffee and I love pen and paper. And I still, every day, I, like I, I, I handwrite my day list, my do list of the day. Once I do my do list, I pull out my emails and that's when my day starts every morning. And I try to get a chunk of my day completed from around six till about 8.39. A big chunk of my day is already done. By the time everybody's starting their day, I already have a big chunk of my day ready to go. And then from there on, the rest of the day is just meetings and podcasts and, and stuff like that. Okay. So then... The, the three to seven window that's, you know, that's, that's blocked off. Uh, and yeah. I love that you're blocking it off. It's not, you're not assuming or hoping it's no, it's, no. it's blocked off. Yeah. Um, so that's good. So that's, so then what's the nighttime routine then? Cause I know that, so, you know, yeah. So three to seven, I do that then from seven till usually by then dinner's time, we'll chill with the family, maybe do something outdoors, some activity or something. And then from there around seven, seven thirty kids start unwinding, go take their baths, do their stuff. And I'll go back on the computer. I'll finish off my emails for the day. Um, I'll kind of preset my next morning already. I'll do all that. And then I, I, from there on, is I'll, I usually every night I'll spend five, 10, 15 minutes journaling. I'll try to read a couple pages of a book take some intake, whether it's a podcast, something like that, some information in. And then I'll just usually at that time, if the weather's good, now it's getting good. Me and my wife at that time, will literally go for about a 30 minute power walk together. And that's our, our, our relationship time. That's our time where we just for half an hour, just talk about life, talk about ourselves and just get out and get going. And, and now it's funny because I just bought a weighted vest to add a little more to my, my nighttime walk. We just got, I just got a delivery the other day. So I'm going to add that. I was on a podcast with um, a gentleman and he was like, Oh, I usually weighted my vest, my weighted vest every night for my power wash. I'm like, okay, that's a great idea. I'm already doing it. Might as well put on a weighted vest. So I just picked one up. So yeah, every night we go for a power walk, come home, drink a glass of water and I'm off the bed. 
That's funny. So I, I got one a few years ago as I was um, just kind of part of my routine. And so, uh, you know, you can go because I, I got a lot of hills in my neighborhood. And so it's like, man, I hate running my neighborhood because it's just so up and down. But it's like, I mean, you put that vest on, you carry, you know, carry on 30, 50, what I think it holds yeah. up to like 65 pounds. That's a workout, my wife. And so my wife's like, you look like a Unabomber walking around <laughs> with this because it's like, ta- it looks like a tactical that's, vest, that's, you know, all this stuff. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. so sometimes I'll put like a, put a little windbreaker over it. But then it's like, you know, yeah. Jolly Green Giant walking around. It's like, no, nah. but anyway, and now I'm at a point where I'm like, I don't care. I'm, you know, I got the weighted vest on. I'm, you know, I'm sitting there sweating. They're like, what's this guy doing? You know? Yeah. Uh, it's such a good, it's such a good workout. Um, that's awesome. So, yeah, so that's, so that seems that, I mean, that's your, your, your time blocking, you know, you've got, you've got the healthy routines. I think that's awesome. Now let's rewind because some of your journey, right. There's been, I mean, there's been, I mean, you talk about your son a little bit. I've I've heard some of his story and there's obviously stress there, the stress and starting a business, there's stress when there's, you know, outside circumstances, obviously, you know, pandemic and governments and all doing things that are out of our control. What are you doing? What's, what's your view on, on stress and dealing with it? And then practically, you know, what does that look like for you to, to navigate these stressful situations and, and kind of seasons? I mean, there's, there's a few components when it comes to stress. I mean, one is being able to identify it early. Second, being able to not be scared to ask questions and surround yourself around people that are able to listen to you, hear you, and give you advice. So surround yourself around the right people. And like I said, it's 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 learning what tricks of the trade or what tools help you when you're at that moment. Is it going to like I was telling the guys at the office here yesterday, me and my son did a, I was having a stressful day and we just we did a whole boxing workout and just hit the bag and and is it that help relieve stress for a bit, right? And I'll probably end up doing it tonight again. It's finding what tools or what exercises or what mentally, spiritually, physically is going to get you out of that moment. And I think a lot of people they 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 don't detect it early enough and they let it build and build and build and build. And then when it does come to front where it's like, okay, how do I deal with it? And at that point it's so overwhelming. They don't know how to deal with it. So I think is identifying when you feel things are overwhelming or when you feel things are not at the right peak or they're not aligned right and being able to identify it. And like I said, ask the right questions to yourself and to others to help you get out of that moment. Right. So I think it's just identifying. And another thing too, is when it comes to business or even families learning how to pivot and I think in the last 12 months, when it comes to business, when it comes to relationships, comes to family, like husband and wife all day to eat with each other at home working, stuff like that, being able to now, being able to understand and be able to pivot your relationship, what I mean is understanding how to separate the time, be able to pivot your business, it's not working, okay, what other avenues are going to bring in revenue or bring in passive revenue to keep me going through the next little while, being able to pivot stuff and not being scared to take chances or opportunity are the people that are going to come through this whole pandemic or through this whole, whole ordeal in a more positive light. Right. Yeah. I, I love that. The, the identifying it early. And you know, I think that's where sometimes you wake up. I mean, I know I had a season like that where I woke up and I'm like, I'm just exhausted all the time. What's going on? You know, and you kind of look around and it's like, what's changed? And it's, you know, a lot of things, you know, but I didn't, you don't, you don't, you didn't, I didn't catch it. Well, now, you know, I'm, I'm way more aware, yeah. you know, of that. Um, 
So what are you doing now as far as navigating and, and, and dealing with that? Because, I mean, we were talking earlier, hey, man, you know, pivoting, you know, often. So, like, what is that looking like for you practically for trying to notice it, you know, trying to, you know, make healthy decisions based upon what you can do and what you control and what you can't? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think with the pivot aspect, you're constantly pivoting. So like even kids homeschool one day, homeschool, and they're not at home. Another day they are. So it's just constantly looking at the first thing I do is, is focus on my schedule, study my schedule, focus my schedule, and I block my schedule. So I intentionally block in, I call it, and there's a lot of people that talk about this. I call it daily vacation. So I figure out either a 15 or 20 minute or 30 minute window that that is my time, whether I'm going to read a book, whether I'm going to go for a walk by myself with the dog, that's my time. So I, I figure out and, and it it breaks up the day, helps break up the day. So I, I book in vacation every day for myself. I study my schedule. So I know exactly prioritize what's blocked. What are my priorities? And I also in the last while have learned how to understand what are my non-negotiables that have to be in my schedule and what things I can eliminate from my schedule. Because a lot of people, when you get to the situation, you're trying to grow a business or, or you have a young family, you just keep adding and adding and adding and adding and adding people into your life and adding things into your life. And then you get to the point where you're overwhelmed with it. So now I've learned how to identify which people should be out of my life, which people should be in my life, which people do I want to surround myself with, what parts of my business are non-negotiable I have to focus on, what parts of my business I could pass on to other people, I could fire myself from those positions. So just understanding and navigating all the way through when it comes to business relationships and your kids and and just figuring out what are non-negotiables and those non-negotiables, you, you prioritize everything else around them, right? Yeah, I love that. I love that. All right, so talking about so a couple more practical things here I'd love as you... And if it was a typical year, you know, in, in your, you know, planning and thinking, I'd love to hear kind of some of your rhythms because it sounds like you, that's a big part of being very intentional. And that, that word is just, we have to somehow weave that into my podcast because it just continues to come up with guests of, there's just a level of intentionality. If you want to be healthy, if you want to be the best version of you, there's just such a level of intentionality that those that are, you know, pursuing that have. So you, you've mentioned a couple of things there. I'd love to, I'd love to zoom out a little bit. What does it look like? You know, do, do you do, do you do year long planning? Do you do what, what, what's your thinking is, you know, looking at, Hey, there's different seasons of the year, you know, and I think that's where a lot of people get caught off guard from a stress or they, you know, all of a sudden it's like, wow, I'm really unhealthy, man. They just entered this crazy season and didn't have a good plan. So I'm curious about, you know, your plan, your thinking as far as, you know, further out than just the day to day. Yeah. So I don't, I don't go nothing out further than a one-year plan. I try to do a one-year plan. I, then I, I break that down to a six month and a three-year plan and a three-month plan. And then from the three-month plan, I do the whole domino effect. I think of daily actions then they'll take me to the three month and build a momentum. So I do that with business. I do that with, with anything, like how many books I want to read a year, how many, how many podcasts I want to record a year, how many workouts I want to do. I'd say everything, but I find with the, with the physical aspect, we're, we're diving into the physical aspect or the, the health wise, I think setting an actual physical goal for yourself. And I'm not going to be a weight loss. I'm talking about, um, for example, this month, um, my son, we went from, we'll talk about after, but possible wheelchair to braces, out of braces. He's getting now at 12 years old, getting run, run his first marathon. We have a physical, we're going to run a marathon together this month before his 13th birthday. So setting physical goals. And I've always been that type where I've, I, I'll like, I'll set up something where I'll be on stage or I'm going to set up for a bodybuilding show or I'll set up, I'm going to run the scene tower and I'll set a, an actual physical date and put a, that, that holds me accountable. 
So I always try to set a physical goal and then I hold myself accountable to hit that goal and that puts me on track. And then I'll tell everybody I'm going to do this. I'll actually bring it out to the world and say, listen, I'm going to do this on this date. Now I'm putting myself out there to be accountable in front of others. And then I'm the type of person when I hold myself accountable, I, I, I put in my head, I'm driven, like I got to do it. And that I almost obsess to get there at my highest peak, right? So I think it's very important to set goals, nothing more than a year so you can visually see them, but actually set them in stone where you're actually setting a date for something, whether it's you're running a marathon, whether you're going to do an event, whether you have a, a physical goal for yourself to obtain, I want to be able to do run a certain time or do a certain time or, or have a certain weight or whatever it is and actually mark it down, show people, hold yourself accountable and then set all the target and, and, and all the, the daily day goals to get to build that uh, domino effect to start building up your momentum. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Well, hey, I love I love for you to share a little bit of. I mean, you've alluded to it some. I mean, I know your story. Your your son's got a crazy story, and just I mean, there's just a level of perseverance and 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 hard work. I know on his part, but I mean, uh, as the family and friends kind of rallied around and 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 seen that. So, I mean, I think you need to share a little bit of that. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you a little cold note out of it. It's, it's a long story, but uh, 12 years ago. It was a Friday afternoon and um, my daughter was a year and a half old. My wife was uh, pregnant at the time, 31 weeks pregnant, and uh, we got rushed to the hospital. And that same afternoon, we almost lost my wife and my son. And my wife was knocked out. They put me in a room and they said, listen, your son's got about five, 10 minutes left of life. Do you have a name for him? We didn't even have a name for him yet. He was only 31 weeks. We hadn't even concrete the name for him. And the first thing that came to my head was Tiago, which means God's warrior. And I just wrote that down. And essentially that's when his journey started. He was supposed to be um, transported to a hospital. But the hospital at um, uh, was sick. His hospital was close. Uh, it was full. They didn't have a bed open. And they said, "Listen, the closest other hospital is almost an hour and a half away. Um, that that deals with these types of situations. There's most likely he's not going to make it there on the drive." And to our fortune and to another family's misfortune, a baby passed away and a bed opened up at sick kids and they were able to do a UE and get the sick kids. And that's when our journey started. We were put in, in the next four months, sick kids hospital, which is we're blessed as one of the greatest hospitals in the world we have for children in uh, Toronto, became our home and, and and my permanent home for my son and our, and our essentially almost our permanent home. We were there every moment we could every day. And through that process, four to five times, we almost lost him. He, he had seven organs that weren't functioning. A part of his brain was really damaged at birth. And a smallest baby in, in sick his history to be on dialysis at two and a half pounds. And fast forward four months, he, we forced the doctors to discharge him. They didn't want to discharge him because he was only four and a half pounds. They wanted him to be about five pounds. He was still on feeding tubes, never swallowed in his life. And we said, listen, at that point, I just wanted to bring him home. And, and we forced the doctors to discharge him home. And when we got him home, before we before we left the hospital, they gave us these discharge papers, and they um, they diagnosed him or quote unquote labeled him with CP, several palsy, and they said he'd be confined to a wheelchair his whole life. And that is when our essentially our our journey started. I, I remember I woke up the next day, Greg, and I looked at my wife and I said, "My biggest fear is I don't want to be six years old and 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 just look at my son and be like, I didn't give every opportunity for him to have the best." chance of getting on that wheelchair and our journey started i said i'm going to put every penny i have into resource i'm going to put every form of 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 therapy or anything i possibly could and from day one it was just let's go and 
we took everything as a win. When he was six months old, when he laughed for the first time, my daughter dropped something in the kitchen floor and he started laughing. It was like a crying moment. Everybody was just like celebrating. And at a year and a half old, when he was balanced and stuff for the first time, it was a huge celebration. And I spent hours and hours on my hands and knees just at a local rec center, walking back and forth, back and forth. And we eventually got him to walk. And when he was five years old, um, Prior to fifth birthday, we were able to convince the doctors to put him into braces. And and they they got AFOs, got braces up to his knees, and it was his first day going to school with his braces. And he was still struggling walking with him, dragging his feet. And he didn't want to wear them the first day of school. And this kid is like smart as hell. And and I, I remember that he was crying, crying, didn't want him wearing the school. And I remember I grabbed him by his arm and said, Listen, buddy, you're gonna love who you are, you're gonna appreciate who you are, you're gonna be proud of who you are. And if you have an issue with these braces, you're going to do everything you can to get out of them. My wife comes running to the room. She's like, no, put on pants. Don't, this is his first day of school. Like, don't put him this pressure on him. And I said, no, he's going to school. And I took him to school. He cried the whole way. Cry, cry, cried. Left him at school, shorts on, showing his braces. He came home that night. He's a five-year-old. He looked at me. And this kid is mentally probably the strongest mental. I mean, mentally, this it's he's it, it, unbreakable this kid and he came home that night and he looked at me as five-year-old and, and he said dad he goes i want to do whatever i can to get out of these and that's when our journey really started and we embraced fitness and we embraced it to the point where prior to his 12th birthday he was told he would be in braces to his 1920 prior to his 12th birthday out of his braces um the kid's a fitness fanatic works out five six days a week into big he plays traveling baseball he's on a team and um we're just getting ready to run his first marathon at 12 years before his 13th birthday so it's been such an incredible journey and through it all like as a dad i've learned more off my son than he would ever even realize it and he's just this sweet soul man this kid is i call him my puppy i come home and he's the he's he's the first one running to the door to give daddy a hug and a kiss like he's just daddy's best friend he always wants to be with me he's more my workout partner we're together 24 7 anytime i could be around him I, could, I am and and it's just incredible seeing his journey and in what he's accomplished and what he's done so we've set goals for, it's funny because i only set goals for myself for one year we have these long-term goals with him so he's he is actually uh when he was born he was supposed to be naturally right-handed but his body was so damaged that he had very little function on his right side of his body. Now, after all these years, he's he's level on both sides. But what happened was he ended up learning how to do everything with his left. So he became his left-handed pitcher. You're into baseball. He's 12, 95 pounds. He's hit, he just hit the other day 56 miles an hour as a lefty. Accurate as hell. So we have a goal. I don't, I'm not looking at making it to majors, but our goal with him is by the time he turns 17 is he, we have a certain amount of marathons we want him to run and we want him to hit 90 miles an hour as a lefty by the time he's 17. So we have all these goals in place for him. And it's been this fun journey because I just think his story is going to inspire a ton of people when he's older. And, and, and that is a big reason why I'm building a platform for myself is eventually when he's ready to step into the limelight, if you want to call it, I've created a platform already. So it's an easy transition because I think his story is going to do, uh, is going to put a lot of smile on a lot of faces. It's going to inspire a lot of people to, the, to understand you got to keep fighting no matter what people or doctors tell you kind of thing. Yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing. And, the uh, I think what stands out too is, is, is the mental aspect, the, the, again, the mindset, um, previous guests, uh, Greg Amundsen, who was one of the kind of first CrossFit guys, I mean, years and years ago, uh, before it was even called CrossFit, he was telling me that, you know, he had this incredible hard workout he couldn't basically get done. And and Greg, the, the founder of CrossFit, was his coach at the time. And he said, hey, the difference between success and this workout is is not your arms and legs, it's between your ears. 100%. He, 
you know, and so like we, we had a good conversation about that and just, just, I mean, you're just speaking to that so much. So I'd love to man dive into that, that, cause you can train, we, we know how to train physically, right? We know, and we know, we know, run weights and those things talk about like, what is the, what is the training? What's the process been on the mindset and just the, the, the mental fortitude that just has to be there to overcome something, you know, as tough as that. But I don't even think it's overcome. I think a lot of it has to do with, there's three aspects that I think I, I dive into as a, as a dad. And I try to teach other fathers and other parents as well as, for example, the first one is fear. Fear is not something we're born with. Some fear is something we're taught. And I always talk about this where you always hear your parents when they, when you're small, don't touch the stove, you're going to burn your hands. Don't run down the stairs, you're going to fall. I think fear is something that's taught to us as from a very young age and we build it, build it, build it, build it. And it stops us from accomplishing a lot of important things in our life. That's the first one is fear. And from day one, I've eliminated fear from him. I both my children. And even how to the point where, I mean, COVID has stopped a lot of things from us doing, but usually prior to COVID, every three, four months, we find something our children had a fear on. And as a family, we do it together and conquer it together to build that mindset that is, is and then once they, they accomplish it, we award it, we celebrate it. So breaking that, that level of fear. Second is building self-belief. If you put in somebody's head from a small age that whatever they put their head to, they're going to get. And I'm talking about, I'll give you an example of my son. It took him three and a half months to learn how to hop on one foot. He, we, he just, it was just, it was one of his, one of his steps, procedures, right? And we would, from day one, try to hop, you couldn't get it. Day two, and we do it every day for three months till he finally learned how to hop. That process, if I didn't put self-belief in my kid every single day that we'll get it tomorrow, we'll get it tomorrow and keep driving that in, how would he be able to accomplish it? So it's having a self-belief. I actually did something and I actually did a post on it maybe a couple of years ago. And I got these little wood signs um, made and it says one for my son, one for my daughter. It says, believe in yourself. And it was a little wood sign that put them outside their bedroom door right up top. And every night before they go to bed from a young age, I would make them read it out loud five times. And is that that self that's that 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 driven into their head consistently, consistently believing yourself, you're gonna be able to do anything, believe in yourself. If we could do that with our kids from a young age, mentally, physically, spiritually, you're building like little machines. And I think the last part is I think we live in a society that mediocrity and and participation ribbons are are thrown at kids. And I am so against that. I absolutely hate that. I put in my kids, when they go into a, an event, my daughter is a high performance dancer and she like a really, really high performance dancer. And when she does an event, if she finishes second and third, I'm okay with that. But I'm also the type I want her to finish first every time. I want her to learn how to be a winner from a young age, be a winner, be a winner. So she finishes second, third, I will literally grab my daughter and be like, okay, you know what? You're going to watch the video of the second place, the first place girl, what they did differently than you did. And you're going to study what your video, what you did wrong. So next time you go in there, you're more prepared. So teaching kids from a young age to be winners, that believe in themselves and do not live with fear, I think it's, it is all, it's a recipe for success. If parents were to do that from day one, you're going to have a lot more kids that are more confident and be able to achieve properly what they really want, not just live a life, just living kind of thing, right? Yeah, no, that's, that's really good. That's really good. That's really, really, really good, actually. And I'm sitting here thinking about, oh, man, there's some stuff I need to teach my kids. Uh, uh, we're not jumping out of airplanes, though. Uh, Dad, Dad, I don't know if we can ever uh, get over that one. Um, 
Uh, I, I love that. Hey, uh, I'd love to do a couple rapid fire, rapid fire things to kind of, you know, wrap up this, I mean, just awesome conversation. So um, you do a lot of work with entrepreneurs and dads. Yeah. What is it that you see or, uh, or, or what are some of the things that you're coaching, you know, entrepreneurial dads to be able to be great, you know, in, 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 at work and at home, like what's, cause there, there's, there's, there's plenty that are there, you know, that are great in one, but we, we obviously want to be great at both. What's it look like for you? Master your schedule. Ma- simplest thing, master your schedule, master, study your schedule, master your schedule and figure out from your home to your work. I talked to this before your non-negotiables, your wife's time with her every day is non-negotiable. If you want to have a strong relationship with your partner, time with your kids in present time, not just sitting down there on one sofa, you're in the other sofa, they're on your video game, you're on your phone. That's not present. Physically putting on your phone, going for a bike ride, going to play catch with them, going outside, going for a walk, intentionally focusing your schedule with intentional present time with your family. And then at the same time too, be intentional with your schedule and understand your business doesn't have to grow overnight. Be intentional. When I talk about it, I'll block in three hours for a project. If my project is half done and in those three hours to come, I'm not going to go over an extra hour and ruin the red change up my whole schedule. I stop it there and I'll start it back the next day and be intentional with your schedule. And the last is study the white spots on your schedule. Everybody has white spots in your schedule. Make use of those white spots, call friends, use time for yourself, Book a daily vacation for yourself. Figuring out your schedule, mastering your schedule, and figuring out what things are non-negotiable that have to be in there and prioritize everything around there, you, you'll succeed on both sides. And like I said, sacrifice yourself. If you don't have enough time in a day, wake up earlier. Go to bed a little later. Sacrifice certain stuff and figuring out what things you could sacrifice to make yourself more fulfilled, right? That's great. That's great. All right, this is my favorite question to always ask guests uh, as as we've been talking about health and fitness and these things. Uh, so this is a little confession time. So you got to share what is your most unhealthy guilty pleasure? Ice cream cake. Ice cream cake. You know that cheap vanilla you could buy at any grocery store that icing that's literally gets stuck in your teeth because it's all sugar. Hands down, I could eat. A, I could eat a whole ice cream cake. I absolutely love ice cream cake. Not ice cream cake. Sorry, sorry. Birthday cake. Birthday cake. I said ice cream cake. Birthday cake. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it. I, hey, Jeff, man. Hey, where can people find you? Where can they stay in touch and, and learn more about your story, your podcast, all the stuff that you're doing? Yeah. So um, I'm on all the social media platforms from IG to Facebook to Twitter, LinkedIn. But the one I'm most present on is Instagram. You could catch me at Jeff Lopes, J-F-F-L-O-P-E-S. You could hit me up, DM me, ask any questions. I'll be more than happy to. Uh, I love I love networking. I love talking to people. And if you're an entrepreneurial dad, I'm trying to build a community and it's a, it's a great platform for less than a cup of coffee a day. It's it's 47 Canadian a month, which is 35 bucks. And we have weekly coaching calls. We have a whole on-track accountability program to make sure you're on track with your goals. And, and it's just a great community of entrepreneurial dads I'm building. And like I said, for less than a coffee a day, you get to, you get to hang around people and learn a ton of uh, with other entrepreneurial dads. So it's a great little platform. And that's at Jeffrey Lopes, J-F-F-R-E-Y-L-O-P-E-S.com. Awesome. Well, Jeff, thanks so much for joining us, man. This has been awesome. Love your story. Love what you're doing. Continue to inspire and, and build up others. Uh, many blessings for you, man. Thank you, brother. And I, I'm looking forward to having you on my podcast in the next couple of weeks. All right. Sounds good. Thank you, brother.
As always, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love it if you would share it with your friends. And if you really enjoyed it, leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whatever platform you're listening, that would be a huge help so that other leaders can find us and learn more about what we're learning about. And don't forget, you can get 10% off your entire order at peakenergynutrition.com with the code podcast, 10% off your entire order. And remember, you owe it to those that you lead and to those that you love to bring your best energy. We'll see you next time.